0: Hello my lovelies, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neal. I can't believe I'm back on the podcast grind, you guys. I'm smashing them out. Like I'm so into them again. I think I had a while there of being really uninspired and now, I don't know, like sometimes I'm like, how the fuck am I going to talk about something for that long? And then there's other times where I'm like, I could actually record five podcasts in a row to chat and shit for Ireland do you know what I mean I don't know I don't know what it is but yeah something switched in my brain anyway and I'm back on the I'm back in the podcast hype so I'm gonna talk to you today we're gonna have a little girly Q&A advice session you know big sister kind of chat vibe I put up on my Instagram story what did you want to hear and actually loads of so loads of this one got the most votes for the big sister girly chat and then i also got loads of votes for the being irish option so yeah i thought that would maybe be a good one and i'm gonna get you to like send me in your favorite things about being irish and then like maybe things you don't like about being irish so yeah that one also got loads of votes i'll definitely do that next time maybe well maybe over the next two weeks we'll see I just put on my story and said treat me like I'm the big sister you never had and just ask me anything and I got so many messages from you all so thank you so much I have I'm definitely not going to get through them all today because there's that many but I have kept a note of them in my notes and I will do a part two of this actually I've already done a girly chat so this is number two and I will definitely do a number three but yeah, thank you so much for sending them all in. I feel so grateful that you are willing to ask me these these things and you actually want my advice on them because half the time I think I just like, don't have a fucking clue what I'm talking about, <laughs> genuinely. Sometimes, you know when you just spew words out of your mouth it's a complete verbal diarrhoea and then you're just like, am I actually sitting here like giving people advice? Because I don't really know if people should be taking my advice <laughs> But apparently you want to hear it. So I would just take it as a pinch of salt, to be honest. I've had such a lazy day today. This is like my first time speaking. I was going to say speaking to someone. I'm literally talking to myself. So that's good. Um, Yeah, no, I've had a really lazy day today. I was going to get up early and do be productive. And that didn't happen. But we're being productive by recording a podcast. So it's so fine. No, I woke up though. I got my period like yesterday, last night or something. So I just can't be arsed. My back's so sore as well. Does anyone else get that on their period? Like I don't get tummy cramps at all, thank the Lord. Like genuinely, I don't know what I would do. I'd be the worst sufferer with tummy cramps as well. I'd be like crying to everyone about it. But I get a really sore back, like an achy back, which is really weird. But you know what? You just got to look at the positives. Having your period means you're not pregnant. So gotta celebrate the little things in life do you know what I mean I'm not pregnant guys which is just absolutely incredible (laughs) right let's get stuck into your questions well not necessarily questions your dilemmas so someone has asked for help with first dates now I don't really know if I'm like the best person to ask for this to be honest I I actually did a podcast about funny first date stories where I got loads of people to send in ones which is actually hilarious but I'm not like, I haven't, I'm not that I'm not an experienced dater I haven't been on a huge amount of dates I think I could definitely count it actually on like one hand I I don't know why I'm kidding myself of course I can count it on one hand I think I've been on three first dates of my life obviously I've been on dates as like boyfriends I'm not. I'm not talking about that though I'm talking about like going on a date with someone that you like don't necessarily know not that you don't necessarily know but do you know what I mean like I first date and yeah I think I've literally been on three so I'm not really the best person for advice on this and I get so nervous for them like it's actually a joke how nervous I get for them my tummy I remember the last day I went on my tummy was literally doing flips all day I had to like go around in my friend car so I used to just sit and chill and watch tv because on my own I was like really, really psyching myself up in my head and, like, really freaking out. And, you know, when you know when your tummy's, like, doing flips like that and you're that nervous, you start getting the nervous pose. Oh, it's, like, before you go on... Like, I always get it before I go on stage if I'm dancing and, like, literally a second or a minute before I'm about to go on, I'm like, okay, I'm going to shit myself now. <laughs> yeah, maybe just try and relax, spend the day... Act, like keep yourself occupied during the day so you're not think overthinking it too much. Even like have a friend come round while you're getting ready. I did that another time I think. My friend Hannah came around with me and just chilled and like chat we just chatted while I was getting ready so that I wasn't like freaking out. If you can't do that, maybe just put on a podcast sometimes that's really comforting do you know like a chatty podcast and you can it, it kind of feels like you are with a friend or like that you're on a phone to a friend but yeah my last first date I was trembling like I picked up my pint and I couldn't even take a sip of it because I it was just shaking my hand was just shaking all over the place so I had to have a smoke and just chill out for a second and be like yeah this is embarrassing <laughs> It's literally though that just initial meeting, you know that that's the worst bit. Once you have that first pint on you or first drink of whatever it is you're drinking, then you're so fine. I don't get like how the fuck do people just go for like a walk or a or a coffee date? That could never be me. (laughs) Oh my god. the anxiety that gives me just thinking about it like not being able to just have a drink I know it's not always it's not necessarily the best thing to have to like rely on alcohol to loosen up but in this situation like on a first date I think it's completely justifiable like there's nothing wrong with having to have a drink in that situation so yeah after you have that first drink you'll loosen up you'll be sweet and if it's not if it's just not going well and you're not feeling it just have a good excuse at hand that you can use to escape if you need to have a friend that knows the situation that you can text and be like right call me and say there's an emergency and then you're just like oh I'm really sorry I have to go (laughs) or even just like don't get yourself in the don't like put yourself in an awkward situation where like don't arrange to go out for dinner because then you have to stay there the whole dinner. Maybe just arrange to go for a drink. And then you can literally call it a night after a single drink if you want to. Or you can keep going and have and have dinner together and have more drinks. But do you know what I mean? Then you're just like leaving your options open. You know, so that if it's not going well, you can leave. But yeah, honestly, just I would say the main thing is try not to overthink them too much. Because that's what I do. And then you end up like playing out does anyone else do this where you literally like play out fake conversations like made up conversations in your head like potential conversations that are gonna happen obviously you're not gonna like rehearse like you're not just gonna then come out with everything that you were thinking of it's so stupid it just like freaks you out even more (laughs) i'm so bad for doing that yeah but literally the anticipation kills me so maybe maybe the shorter time there is between a arra- like if you're gonna arrange first date just like literally arrange it for the next day and then you don't have time to overthink it as much to psych it up in your head you know it's just like happening before you even know it okay so next dilemma someone has said how to cope with stress from exams and the pressure from your family to succeed Okay, I am really bad for letting myself getting really stressed out about exams. That is actually how exams is what kind of like kick-started me getting panic attacks when I was like 15, I think. How ridiculous is that I was getting panic attacks over my GCSE modules at the age of 15? I mean, like, there's bigger things in life to worry about. (laughs) I don't get them at all anymore as well. For some reason, school... It just really sent me over the edge when it, I think all the pressure from from my school and how much they focus on like getting good grades and stuff. Yeah, it just really got the worst of me. It's actually so crazy for me to be sitting here saying that I can't remember the last time I had a panic attack because I remember when, like when it was at its worst, thinking. That that was I was gonna have that for the rest of my life, and this was always gonna be an issue. And it's just so mad sitting here now, thinking like I genuinely can't remember the last time I had one. So yeah, maybe that's a little bit assuring for anyone that is, for anyone that regularly gets panic attacks and thinks you're gonna have them for the rest of your life. I have hundred percent come out the other side. No, I'm not saying that I don't think I'm ever gonna experience one in my entire life again. But at least it's not a regular occurrence. But anyway, let's get back to the question. So how to cope with the stress from exams in the first place? I would say make sure you're getting your head shard It's so easy to get really caught up and stress yourself out even more if all you're doing is just like sitting at your desk and staring at your work and not taking a break from it. You need to get out, you need to get outside, you need to like go to the gym or walk your dogs or, go to your yoga class or whatever it is like you need to do other things that that will allow you to clear your head that will that will allow your body to release endorphins you know that happy hormone that makes you feel so much better after a workout another thing as well literally you don't even have to do 10 minutes you can literally do five minutes but if you take 10 minutes At some stage in the day to just practice a bit of mindfulness it doesn't have to be like I know a lot of people struggle with meditation you don't have to do meditation you can just like it can just be mindfulness so like 10 minutes of not having any distractions and just being mindful and say going for a walk but not listening to any music or not going on your phone the whole time and just like looking at nature and looking at your surroundings and being like appreciative of everything And kind of like talking to yourself in your own head about what you're grateful for yeah i don't know it's just like i find if i just take 10 minutes a day to do something like that i i don't like really religiously stick to this but if i am going through a hard time i do find that this really really helps there's also so many apps now that you can get you know that will do like guided meditations even on spotify and like youtube and stuff you can literally just look up guided meditation or what's the word what's that thing that you do in yoga and at the end where you're lying there and then they talk you through like a wee visual story meditation? What's that called? Oh, yoga nidra. Oh my God, I love yoga nidra. It's so good. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's like... So basically at the end of like an intense yoga class, they'll usually have like 10 minutes where you're just lying in shavasana, which is when you're literally just like lying on your back and relaxing with your eyes closed and listening to the music and listening to the instructor. And sometimes what they'll do is like, they'll be like, okay, imagine you are walking up this mountain and you're coming to the peak and you look out and you see the beautiful sunset like do you know what I mean just that's just like a shit example but something like that and it's like a visualization type of meditation those can be really nice if you don't want to do like a breathing kind of one because I know loads of people kind of don't can't get on board with the like breathing technique ones where you're just like constantly thinking about inhaling and exhaling because it can be a bit boring. But yeah, you literally like don't need to pay for any of these things. I know you can pay for meditation courses and things, but there's so many resources that are free out there that you can make use of on, on YouTube and Spotify and stuff. So yeah, give that a go. And then, sorry, the second part of that question was coping with the pressure from your family to succeed. Right, so I actually find a lot of the time the pressure that you think is coming from your family to succeed is not actually as much as what it is like it's more in your own the pressure is more coming from you in your own head as opposed to your parents now don't get me wrong I obviously there's times when people have super strict pressurizing parents and that must be difficult but I find for me like I was actually just putting the pressure on myself and at the end of the day my parents just wanted me to be happy and like success is so different to everyone as well what you perceive as successful might be completely different to your best friend or anyone else so i just personally think success is very very subjective and say i like got to where i thought was like successful in my life someone else might look at that and be like that's literally the last thing in the world that i would want do you know what i mean so i don't think you can really compare like your success to others you just have to celebrate your many successes along the way and in your own path and try not to compare yourself to others too much i know it's hard because especially with social media like you're kind of constantly seeing people's like success all the time you know you're always seeing people celebrating that they've got i don't know that they've hit this amount of Followers, or that they've got this degree, or this these grades, or this new job, all these different things, and it's like you're constantly seeing the success of other people. But that doesn't just because you're seeing that from other people, that doesn't mean that that's what you should be striving for. So work out what your own idea of success is to you, and then work out what steps you need to take to get there. I actually read a really good book about success and what it means to different people, and like. Celebrating the small wins stuff like that it's called it's by grace beverly if you know her i feel like everyone knows who she is but yeah she wrote a book called working hard hardly working and it's such a good read i really wasn't expecting it to. i've definitely t- talked about this before in another podcast but for anyone that didn't hear me recommend that before definitely such a good read i actually have some if you go on my books highlight on my instagram i've got a couple of pictures i uploaded of like little highlighted bits and stuff that I really liked in the book but yeah really highly recommend that you read that it also made me realize that like there's no such thing as like a final successful point do you know what I mean like you're not gonna say okay so say your lifelong dream is to be like CEO of a makeup company right if you then get to that point that doesn't mean that all your worries are going to go away and you're just going to be happy for the rest of your life and you're going to feel like you're successful because you've got to that point. Like, that's not how it works, do you know what I mean? Because then when you get to that point, you're going to be thinking, oh, what's next? And you're still going to have the same, like, you're still going to have normal everyday problems and and issues that you're experiencing now. So, this idea of like reaching this successful point that your life's going to be perfect is so flawed and you actually need to find like happiness within the journey and instead of like constantly focusing on this on this one destination point I feel like I'm getting all <laughs> I feel like I'm getting a bit deep no but do you know what I mean it just that book made me really realize that you need to have you need to have a happiness in everyday life you need to have purpose in everyday life and and not just be constantly future focused because I used to have a real problem with always being future focused and always thinking like I'll be happy when you know I'm back in Australia or I'll be happy when I've got this degree and I'm working in the fashion industry I'll be happy when I'm doing this or that like you actually can just be happy now you don't need to wait for that you can just like find happiness in your day-to-day life and it like obviously takes maybe a bit of change to your day-to-day life you maybe need to get up earlier and start uh going to that thing that you always wanted to go to or making more of an effort with your friends and I don't know you might need to introduce like different things in order to be enjoying every day but and that's not to say that you're not gonna have shit days like obviously you're gonna wake up and have shit days I still do every week obviously I feel like every Monday is a shit day. But yeah, it's just about like being able to find happiness in your everyday life. I feel like I've literally said that about 20 times now. So I'm going to move on to the next question. Right, so someone has said, my long-term boyfriend is adamant that he doesn't want to get married or have kids. What do I do? So people have different values when it comes to marriage because it's not necessarily hugely important to a lot of people loads of people feel like they don't need to have like a they don't need to legally bind their love for someone Do you know like it doesn't really change anything I mean I know it does legally but you know what I mean like some people just don't think it's that important it doesn't affect your relationship at the end of the day I know it makes things easier for like well I mean I think it makes things easier for when it comes to like Getting a house and stuff? I don't even know. And, like, if you're to move anywhere together, like, visas, all that kind of shite. But, yeah, like, people have these opinions for different reasons as well. Like, some people, you know, if they grew up with, in, like, a broken family with divorced parents and had ba- a bad experience, then they might not necessarily see marriage as like such a good thing also other people could maybe have parents that aren't married but have such a good relationship and they've seen that and like know themselves that they don't need to get married for to have that I do get why it is important to people though as, uh, on the other hand like for people that are religious it might be like a nice thing to have a religious wedding for me personally I don't really think I'm not like I'm not fussed, but if my partner was fussed, then I wouldn't care. Like, I would. Well, I don't know. I do like the idea of it, but I think it's very hypocritical. Like, I'm I'm not going to have a religious wedding. I think it's massively hypocritical to live my whole life not being religious. And then, do you know that, like, I just don't get those people that live their whole life, like, literally not being religious one bit, not believing in God, never going to church or anything, and then just, like, having a big christian wedding like what are you getting from that i I really don't get it because then you're like saying your what do you call this your voice and it's all like on the bible that you don't believe in like surely your voice just mean like nothing do you know what i mean like a, a christian wouldn't say their voice on the quran because it would just mean jack shit to them does that make sense so like what yeah i don't know i think it is just like a traditional thing though isn't it But I think if I was to get married, I'd want it to be like very non-religious, very, I'd want it to be abroad. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I've always dreamt of a wedding in Tuscany in Italy, in like one of those big vineyard farmhouses and like just a really pretty setting. loads of fairy lights like eating outside. That's like my dream. And I'd want like an Irish band there and then I'd want an acoustic band and like Irish dancers and stuff. Um, What else? (laughs) Sorry, I'm literally just going off on a tangent about my dream wedding. I would say you need to have a conversation with him because if getting married is really important to you, then he should appreciate that as well. Do you know what I mean? Because if he doesn't if he doesn't actually care about marriage but he understands that it's like that you really value it then he should be willing to do that for you i guess but the kids thing is a little bit of a deal breaker no because at the end of the day if having kids is something that you really really want in life and he very much doesn't then what happens if you don't like are you just not going to be happy in the future I don't know I do I the marriage one I think is like okay to disagree on but like kids feel like you just kind of both need to be kind of of the same opinion he, it could just be a case of you're young now and he like can't imagine having kids like my mum always says that to me She when I say I don't want to have kids she's like no you just think that now but like I was the same when I was your age I thought I didn't want kids and then once you're like in your 30s then all of a sudden you get really bro. bro- is it broody? brooddy am I saying that right so it could be a case of that but if it's not and he genuinely like doesn't want to have kids I think he, that could be a bit of an issue because you don't want to live your whole you what if what happens if you get married and commit to this man and then you get to like the age of 35 40 and you're like I actually really want kids and you can't give that to me so then you're just gonna end up getting divorced over something that should have just been like discussed. But yeah, I think kids is a bit of a deal breaker. It's not really something that you want to disagree with with your partner, I would say. Okay, so next question we have, how to embrace sexual liberation as a girl? Right, first step, stop judging or talking badly of other girls that are embracing, that are sex, no, stop <laughs> that are sexually liberated the more you kind of portray that and have have these like negative thoughts of girls being like that, then the more you're kind of going to put that on yourself. So completely scrap that idea. And if anyone ever speaks badly of a girl being sexually liberated in your presence, then defend them like there's no tomorrow, is what I say. And then step two, just like... Honestly, open up the conversation more. The more you talk about things openly, the less guilt and shame you'll feel around it. So yeah, just like normalise it, start talking about it and then you'll take away so much like shame and guilt, like inner shame and stuff that you feel from yourself and before you know it, you'll be a sexually liberated queen. Right, someone has asked how to find a boyfriend who is actually mature. It's a good question. They say that boys, like, mature later than girls, don't they? So maybe you just go for someone a bit older than you? That always tends to be the case, though, isn't it? I feel like it is normally. Girls go for older boys because of that. In terms of how to actively, like, seek out a boyfriend, though, that is mature, I don't really know if I can help you on that. I guess you've just got to read the signs from the start, you know? Pick up on the red flags if they're not mature and then just scrap it if you can see telltale signs at the start of them being immature, I guess. But yeah, we really, really need to scrap this whole notion of, like, manning up, not talking about your feelings and all this shit, because it's genuinely just producing, like, a whole gender of people that just have no emotional intelligence. If (laughs) How are we supposed to get through life with just females being, like emotionally intelligent. Do you know what I mean? We can't carry all our backs. It's time for men to start opening up a bit. It's also just causing problems for yourselves. Like, the patriarchy that men have literally created for themselves is also disadvantaging them. Like, look at the fucking suicide rates amongst males. And it's literally because they just, like, bottle everything up and don't know how to speak to people about things. I mean... I think it's just something like as a society we really consciously have to work on in terms of like in education and schooling and also just like bringing up your sons to be not toxic masculine, to not have toxic masculinity. What am I trying to say? Why? This happened to me before when I was talking about toxic masculinity and I like didn't know how to put it into context. (laughs) But yeah, how to basically not teach toxic masculinity to boys from a young age. I mean, there's also a lot more things we need to work on as a society, isn't there? But I'm not going to get into that right now. We'll just leave it at the, um, we'll just draw a line there at the toxic masculinity because I really can't be bothered getting into all that today. I'll just end up opening a whole other can of worms about feminism or something going on around. So yeah, we'll leave it there. (laughs) Right, what's the next question? tips on shaving down there <laughs> sorry if it's tmi um i mean i don't really know what you want me to say in a podcast that isn't tmi but i'll tell you what go on to hey Astrid's instagram you know the razor company go on their instagram they always always i don't maybe it's their tiktok i don't know anyway it's probably both but they always have videos on like basically how to do it but they'll like show you on a, on a piece of paper so that it obviously like doesn't get taken down they just show you on a piece of paper I feel like it's really helpful yeah so go check that out because I'm not gonna sit here and try and explain to you on a podcast because one that'd be incredibly awkward um two my parents listen to this and three I, I just don't think it would actually be of any benefit to be honest <laughs> Oh okay so someone has asked is it normal to doubt your relationship? No, I don't know because I think it's really normal to literally doubt like to have doubts about everything in your life at some point you know like everyone has those days where you wake up and you just have like an existential crisis and you doubt everything that's going on in your life. You don't know if you're in the right job, in the right I don't know in the right unique course whatever it is you're doing in life in the right re- relationship you just have doubts about everything even like about who you are as a person and I think that's completely normal but if you're having like doubts every day like if you're like seriously doubt- waking up and like doubting whether it's the right thing every single day then I wouldn't say that's normal I'd say that's a big telltale sign for something being wrong maybe just sit down and have a think about why you're having these doubts what they're coming from if there's any issues in the relationship anything that needs talked about yeah it could literally just be a case of like because sometimes you can love someone and then and not necessarily think it's the right time to be with them you know like right person wrong time kind of thing but yeah it's always really hard when that is the case because sometimes it's just easier when you just like have a fallout or someone does something like I don't know cheats on you or whatever it is because then you can actually like hate that person and then just like move on from them whereas when you've got that feeling where it's just like not right but you know you still love them but you just don't think the like the timing's right or whatever um and your head's a bit all over the place about it then sometimes that's actually more difficult I think okay we've got another relationship question here they have said how do you know if someone is the one or not i'm moving in with my boyfriend and scared it's not the right decision um i don't know i'm actually really intrigued to know this so people that are like um, i need to ask my mum yeah i need to ask like older people that are married and stuff like did they know that the person that they're with now was the one from the start that's actually quite interesting because i think that you always think tend to think I don't know I sometimes you tend to think like no matter what relationship you're in that they're the one but then not necessarily I wouldn't say that I have all the time I think there's times where you're in relationships and you can very much appreciate that it's just like I had right I had this conversation actually with my brother and his girlfriend recently because they were saying well, why wouldn't why would you want to be in a relationship if you didn't think they were the one? But then I was like, no, because there are just times like in your life where you don't necessarily think you're going to spend the rest of your life with them and get married to them. But like, that doesn't mean that your relationship isn't amazing and you don't love them the bits and it works at the moment, do you know what I mean? Because, for example, like if you're in a relationship when you're in like high school, you don't necessarily think at the age of seventeen that you're gonna spend the rest of your life with this person and get married. But that doesn't mean that it's not like fun while, and it's not a good relationship while it lasts. So I don't necessarily think you always have to think the person is the one. But I do also get where they're com- where people co- are coming from when they say like, why? But why would you be in a relationship if you didn't think? The person was the one? Or are you just like wasting each other's time then? But I, I think at the start of relationships anyway, it's like way too early to be thinking about if they're the one or not. Like you need to you need to get to know each other properly, you need to like live together and I don't know. Like I, I really don't think at the start of a relationship you would have a clue, to be honest with you. And by the signs of things, if you Okay, so this person said, How do you know someone's the one or not moving in with my boyfriend? Scared it's not the right decision. It's probably a case of that you actually just need to move in with him and see how it goes because I think you learn a lot about someone when you move in with them. It, it can really like make or break a relationship because it completely changes the whole dynamic. Like, do you ever hear of people getting married and never living together and then moving in together? I just think that is the most stupid thing in the entire world like what happens when you move in together and you find out all these things that you actually hate about the other person and now you're just stuck with them i i know i couldn't like please 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 move in with your boyfriend before thinking about getting engaged i know like financially not everyone has the means to do that but please if you do just do it (laughs) <laughs> for your own sake because like even with friendships and stuff like you hear all the time of like I know myself like I have friends that I absolutely loved a bit people I consider my best friends but does that mean I'd want to live with them? No because it could potentially like ruin your relationship with them like there's some people and you just know you can't mix living and being friends with like that and you just gotta keep those boundaries literally for the sake of the relationship. So yeah I would say move in with them. <laughs> see how it goes maybe try and sign a shorter lease if you can and just make sure you kind of like keep people can have a bad habit of when they move in with someone then their whole life just like becoming them and all of a sudden now you're living with your boyfriend and you don't make any effort with it to see any of your friends and everything you do is just with your boyfriend so try and consciously make an effort to still maintain your own life because it's so important when you're in a relationship to have your own things and your own friends and things going for you because otherwise you just anytime you're in a bad mood or anything like it's just all your anger is going to be directed at this one person because you're just spending so much time with them and yeah I feel like it only just it just creates so much tension and you're not getting your head charred you're not you're not getting time away from them and you, it's just going to cause like unnecessary arguments it's also actually really important because you kind of forget that like so when you don't live with your partner and then you obviously will arrange to meet up and you'll go on dates and stuff and then it can be really easy to kind of fall into the habit then when you move in together of like not arranging those dates because you're always together so you just think oh you're always spending time together but so you don't need to like arrange to meet up because you're already met up but it's really important to still keep like going on those dates and having like fun exciting things to do because otherwise you'll just get so bored of each other like looking at each other and you're just like taking away all the fun and excitement from, from it so still scheduling time to actually have like quality time together and have date nights and stuff and not just be like Always in each other's company, but never actually doing anything. Do you know what I mean? Especially if you're both like working and stuff, and then you're just like coming home in a bad mood, and then you know what I mean? You're only really seeing like the, the not the bad side of someone, then, but you're kind of always getting them at their like grumpy, like tired point. You know exactly what I mean, okay? <laughs> I don't need to ramble about this topic for any longer. Right, I'm gonna leave it there. I swear, I literally only answered about four maybe five questions there I don't know how I managed to chat that much shit sorry if I was literally just like going on loads of rants hopefully my advice wasn't too bad (laughs) I'm thinking back on it now and I genuinely can't even remember what I said but yeah I'll definitely do another one of these big sister girly chats I actually really enjoyed this one it was quite fun I have heaps more questions to get through as well so sorry if I didn't get to yours but keep a listen out. I'll maybe answer it in the next one. Anyway, I hope you're all doing really well. Thank you so much for all the support. We're back on the Spotify charts this week, which is amazing. I actually like wasn't really keeping track of it as well for ages there because I was being inconsistent. I like never was checking and stuff. So um, yeah, it's really good to be back in the charts and thank you so much for all the love and all the messages. As per usual, you're all amazing. I love you so much and I will speak to you in the next episode. Bye!